be selfless, like be willing to give selflessly to other people, but not because you want everyone to know that you're giving selflessly. That's not about me and it's about we. And the more people I can serve, then uh, the more it's going to help me come in ways I didn't know. I just could only imagine what our communities can look like if people adopted such a simple yet profound philosophy. Mike Abramowitz is currently the number one district executive out of about 300 such leaders in the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. He has reached the pinnacle in his career, not by focusing on what he could get, but by focusing on what he could give. This paradigm has led Mike to create several charitable organizations, to impact youth groups in his community, and to build a highly successful career as a sales executive. Mike's insights can lead you to get more out of life by giving selflessly to others around you. I know you'll enjoy getting to know Mike Abramowitz. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My guest today is Mike Abramowitz, who just completed 2019 as the number one district executive in the entire Cutco Vector Marketing Organization. He is a veteran of the business since June of 2004, started in New Jersey, but shortly after starting, Mike moved to Florida, where he was going to college, and he connected with the Tampa organization in Florida. He was an assistant manager there, branch manager twice, uh, finished as high as number six in the nation as a branch manager, graduated from the University of South Florida with a degree in engineering and a minor in leadership studies. And he became a district manager in 2008. Over the last 12 years or so, Mike has had an illustrious career as a district manager in vector marketing. Uh, He has produced over $12 million in career Cutco sales. He is a member of the company's Hall of Fame. And he was just in 2019, the company's number one district executive in two categories, district office sales and overall district team sales. Mike has written nine books, including two that have reached number one bestseller status on Amazon. He's also been very smart financially. He was able to purchase three homes before graduating college and has continued that financial success. Uh, He also gives back to his communities. He is the founder of PB&J for Tampa Bay, as well as the Grab Community, which is students who take control of life outside of the classroom. We'll talk about both of those things and a whole lot more today. 
Uh, Mike has been married for a little over two years. He and his wife, Lindsay, live just outside of Tampa. And so, Mike Abramowitz, thanks so much for making time for the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. I'm very excited for this conversation. I appreciate it. All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get started. So I've heard a little bit about your story, Mike, and I think it'd be cool for people to hear a little bit about what Mike Abramowitz was like before Cutco Vector. So why don't you tell us about that? So growing up, uh, I was the youngest of eight in uh, New Jersey and I was overweight going into high school and lack confidence. I, I, in fact, two weeks before my Cutco interview, I had a big fro and I had cornrows two weeks <laughs> before my Cutco interview. So I was uh, going into high school, it was about 250 pounds and you know, just lack confidence. I started playing basketball, fell in love with Michael Jordan in the 90s Chicago Bulls and played a lot of video games. Yeah, it was just never sold anything before. I was an engineering student, physics, math. I was pretty much a big nerd. <laughs> That's kind of how I would describe myself before Cutco for sure. Yeah, you know what? A lot of us would say something sort of like that about what we were like before coming into this company and finding this opportunity and being able to grow our skills and our experiences and our confidence and all of those things. So it's cool to hear you say that as well. Now, how'd you find the opportunity? So interesting enough, I applied when I was in my spring semester at USF and I went in for the, the position interview and I did not get accepted. So I got declined the position in spring <laughs> 2004 as a freshman at USF. And then in the summer, I got a letter in the mail uh, from Andrew Teichman's office up in New Jersey. And then uh, that's when I started from a letter in the mail. Ah, so you went in in Tampa and uh, they just didn't uh, didn't want you on the team. Who, who yeah. knows why? Maybe it was the fro. Maybe it was... Uh, it could have been the fro. It could have no been I had black, black tennis shoes, uh, you know, no, an Apollo. And um, I also, we didn't have a virtual demo back then. And I wasn't from the Tampa area. So there, there could have been a number of reasons, but <laughs> it'll be a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so you started in New Jersey. Andrew Teichman, right, was your district manager. JP Hamill was your division manager. At that That's time? Great, yep. Outstanding. That's awesome. Uh, well, tell us about some of the most important experiences from the early part of your career and, and you know what you feel you learned from those things. Yeah, that's, it's such an interesting question because obviously, if you know who I was before Vector, that summer really shaped and molded who I became throughout the time throughout college. You know, freshman year of college, uh, you know, I was in kind of in debt, you know, spent on my money, didn't really understand financial responsibility much. But that summer when I started making my own money, I, I took it very seriously, uh, working for it. That summer, uh, probably sixth week on the job was my most memorable moment of that summer where I vividly remember, I still tell this story to this day. And it was when it was SC2 push right before it started. And my sample kit was stolen out of my car. Hmm. And I was probably at about, I don't know, maybe 5,000 in sales at this point. And uh, what that means to us in Vector is all, I went through all my initial lists. I've already gone through a lot of my mom's contacts and my, my friends, parents and whatnot. So uh, in my sample kit were, were my recommendations, were my names and numbers. I had about uh. $700 in sales. Uh, you know, Their credit card numbers were in that sample kit. Like It was on the paper order forms back then. Like... It was really a challenge. And I had a conversation with Andrew at that moment, and he might remember this, but I was crying my eyes out. I was like, I don't want to quit this job. I fell, I fell in love with the opportunity and I didn't want to quit. And that moment, I felt like I had to. I felt like what I loved so much was taken away from me. 
And that, that was really a big defining moment in my cuckoo career when Andrew said, it's like, you have a choice, you know, you could choose to back away or you could choose to find a way and whatever you decide, everyone will be okay with. It's just, uh, it, it might define the rest of your time working with us. It might define the rest of your life. Who knows? And that was a big moment for me. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I went through all the chicken lists you could imagine. The ex's parents to my orthodontist to kindergarten teacher. I mean, all the people, I was really chicken the call and I was not getting results at all. And it was actually really challenging. And my results were really low. I wasn't making money. I wasn't making sales. So I went back and sat down with Andrew that next week. And uh, he said, you know, tell me, what are you telling your customers? Like, let's role play. And I told him, I said, I'm sharing my goals and sharing my story that my sample was stolen. I had no money and I had no sales and I wasn't receiving results. And he shared with me a profound lesson again, which is, you know, if you're sharing your story from a position of like scarcity that you're behind, nobody wants to be around that negative energy. He shared with me that if you want to enroll people to believe the opportunity of like, the success. You got to tell the story as if it's going to be a success. Mm. You know, he just changed my story. I started sharing it. There was a SC2 prize. The contest prize was a galley set. And he said, imagine the story of winning your sample kit back at the conference. And uh, he painted that picture for me. And I, I he rallied me up. I, I got back up on it. I got back on the phone. I booked up more appointments. And uh, I ended up selling the six thousand dollar goal to hit the, to win the galley set as a prize. I won my sample kit back, and just the pride in going through all of those challenges, the emotional challenges, and 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 the um, just hearing all the negativity and going through the slump. It was unlike anything else that happened in my life up until that point. Uh, athletics never did that for me. Academics never did that for me. To really have a coach and a mentor. And also have an opportunity to to go through tough and then become tougher than tough was really challenging, but so rewarding that summer early in my Cutco career. Wow, that was a great uh, story that you shared right there, Mike. And and I, I really appreciate you offering up the quote that Andrew gave you, which was that you could either back away or you could find a way. And I think that applies to a lot of the challenges that people face. Uh, particularly on this job, whether it be as a rep or as a manager. It's, you know, one of the reasons why work like what we do is so rewarding is because it's hard and there will be challenges and there will be difficult experiences. And what a lot of people do when they run into those roadblocks is they back away, right? Whereas what others do is they realize, hey, this is an important part of getting to success. I'm going to find a way. Yeah. And I appreciate that you shared that. And the idea of, sharing your story with positive energy. Such a great example. I've learned a principle about influence, which is the concept of a, a past versus future orientation. And that when you talk with someone with a past orientation, it's not as powerful as when you talk to someone with a future orientation. And that whole idea of you describing, you know, learning how to transform your story from, you know, all these negative things have happened to me. This is where I've been, right? To, hey, this, these are my goals. These are my aspirations. This is where I'm going. And sharing that with positive energy and enthusiasm makes such a huge difference in, you know, whether people get enrolled in wanting to help you uh, with your goals. So very powerful. 
Yeah, it's interesting how much of that 2004 situation showed up later in my Cutco career too. Uh, I know you mentioned in management as well as a branch manager. Like my my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer when I was 16 before I left for college, but she went into remission. But then when I was 20, that fall semester, the cancer came back aggressively. So it was another one of those situations. Except this one was a lot more you know challenging, of course. But if I didn't go through that. Well, what at the moment was such a large challenge, my sample kit got stolen. If I chose not to go through that first challenge, I don't know how I would have responded to this, the next challenge. And I'm sure there was others in between, but this one was something that all of us will eventually experience where a parent gets sick and dies. It's, it's just inevitable. It's a circle of life. But to go through it when I was 20 was really, at that point specifically, maybe even up to this point, the most challenging thing I chose to go through because I didn't have to stay in school and I didn't have to take 26 trips back from Florida to New Jersey to go see my mom while she was sick. And I didn't have to still sell Cutco and still be in management training and still train for branch. But I chose to because I expanded my capacity from 2004 until that time in 2005. And then she passed when I was running my branch in 2006. And again, I didn't have to stay open. I didn't have to still continue my path. But you know, these choices were were really challenging decisions to make. But if it wasn't again for the mentorship of people like Matt King uh, and Scott Dennis, and at that time John Hoffenberg was a, a part of my uh, division at that moment as well, these individuals were really there to support me and lift me up and uh, keep me focused on what again, like you said, the positive future story after the circumstance. You know, I, I think many of us are going to go through circumstances that mine might be challenge, more challenging, less challenging, but they were to me. But as long as we can still focus on there will be life beyond the circumstance, how could I get the, the most from them and become more from these situations? Uh, those lessons come back to Summer 2004, selling Cutco. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change those challenges. And there's many more in between, of course. But I would say those are two that really allowed me to grow so much as a person. That's such a great perspective, Mike. And and I think it's a recurring theme from a lot of people on this podcast who describe how experiencing some of the challenges and difficulties of this job, as big as they seemed at the time, right? We realize now they were they weren't that big, but they prepared us for the bigger challenges in life. And they made us more able to handle those bigger challenges when they came along. And that that is such an important idea that uh, that uh, people need to really remember. There's a quote that I can recall from uh, an old Vector great who said, uh, success is being faced with dozens of decisions every single day and always making the tougher one. And it just always, it reminded me, that quote reminded me, I used to have that quote printed out and like pinned up on a cork board next to my bed. And I finally ripped it down because I got so pissed off and sick of that quote. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a difficult one to come to terms with, right? Every yeah. day. But, uh, but it just reminds us of choosing the, the more challenging path, right? And any of you listening that are encountering some type of decision you're making about what path you're going to take you know, in your life, what path you're going to take with Vector this coming summer or anything like that, right? Choosing the more challenging path is almost always the right call. It prepares you better. It's more rewarding. And, and looking back, you'll always be glad that you did that. 
uh, versus, you know, having the regret of wondering, you know, you know, what could have happened. So I teach my people now the concept of anti-fragile, uh, you know, that we're, we get stronger through challenge. It's kind of like, there's the concept of fragile, which is like a fine wine glass, the concept of durable, which is like a sippy cup. And then anti-fragile is our immune system. And it gets stronger by getting, uh, you know, experience and exposure to challenge. So that's how we're designed. We get better through challenge. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you are certainly anti-fragile and, I, and I'm, I'm sure that you have a lot of other qualities or attributes that have helped you succeed. And I'd love for people to kind of gain a little bit of insight into what makes Mike Abramowitz tick. So maybe you could share with us what are some of the qualities or attributes that you feel have most helped you succeed. I've embodied several principles, specifically ambition for my dad. Uh, my dad is, uh, owns a plumbing business. He'll be 79 in May and he still works five, six days a week. And he's the epitome of ambition of still growing and learning. And he's in the gym four or five, six days a week. Like, uh, he's incredible. Uh, I think about compassion and also really drive for my mom, compassion for people. She, uh, she was always willing to help others. She was always willing to, we, we, she was the one who saved all the pets. We had like three dogs and four cats and rabbits and birds. She was, every time there was like a stray animal, she would bring it in. So she had compassion for animals, but she also had compassion for kids. If any of us kids had, uh, our friends were having a tough situation, she would let them stay at our house. And just having compassion for other people, I get that from my dad too. Help you know, providing food to to less fortunate. We did that most of my life, especially for my bar mitzvah. We actually uh, did some random acts of kindness around town. So compassion, ambition, drive, and determination. You know, just watching my mom, you know, fight and you know until you know she would just constantly challenge herself, challenge the status quo. These are really great qualities I get from my parents, and then. You know, from working with Matt King, I learned tremendous. Uh, I'd like to use the word, um, almost like when you use the word masculinity, but like, you know, just, just internal strength and moral courage of like, testing boundaries and becoming a better version of me. I, I really embody that a lot working underneath Matt King because he, he was a guest on your show and he really encompasses what, what it means to be um, just a, a powerful human being. These are great attributes that I've been able to learn. Andrew Biggs, who's my life coach, also cut go and vector trained. I learned a lot about alignment and abundance of just being, it's almost like the feeling of I'm great how I am and I have a lot of work to do. And it's like this feeling of receiving more lessons and gifts that life has to offer me, but really being good with where I am right now, where I'm not feeling as if I'm missing out or like there's a void to fill. So these are some really important people. And of course, for my wife, I learned uh, probably the most important skill, which is, uh, which is patience and just learning how to seek to understand versus being understood. I really learned that because Lindsay and I are, are, she's fire, I'm water. So learning patience and empathy and understanding has been really fantastic uh, for our relationship. So I would say those are some qualities I've been able to learn than uh, through people in my life that have helped me bring those into my business and into uh, other passion projects I do. That's a great list right there. You know, starting with the idea of ambition and just wanting something more. And I think a big part of that comes from how we view ourselves. If, if we view ourselves as somebody who can 
achieve great things and can have a powerful impact and can leave a legacy, then we have greater aspirations to be able to have the uh, results uh, and the experiences in life that uh, you know will give us those opportunities. And certainly compassion for others is a critical piece of success. I'm constantly reminded of the old Zig Ziglarism that, you know, you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And the, the great leaders are always thinking about how can I be of service to more people? How can I provide value for the world in bigger and greater ways? And clearly that's something that you do, you know, in your life uh, outside of the vector business as well. So pretty cool to hear you tee off, which is those two things right there, along with everything else that you shared. Now, I know you have a lot of different passion projects that are really important to you. And, and I think this would be a great part of our conversation today is to have you talk about these things. So you have PB&J for Tampa Bay as something that you founded, the Grab community, Grab Tomorrow community that you have, uh, Better Than Rich. These are all different communities that come to mind that uh, you are a part of, that you have started. So tell us about uh, these parts of your life. Well, PB&J for Tampa Bay came back in uh, 2015 and Grab Tomorrow started uh, not too much earlier than that around the same time. I hit a valley in my life. I call it a valley of my 20s when I hit a kind of a roadblock where a lot of things kind of caught up to me that I was kind of suppressing and you know, relationship ended, money was started getting a little tough with the market challenges and I kind of felt a little lost on the inside and I had to go explore the internal world. So I got invited by Matt King to go to a Tony Robbins conference and it's called the Unleash the Power Within. And I walked across 1200 degree burning hot coals and unlocked my inner lion. And uh, through that experience, I went on a mission and I went and understood that it's not about me and it's about we. And the more people I can serve, kind of like what you said, that old Zig Ziglar quote, the more people I can serve, then uh, the more it's going to help me come uh, in ways I didn't know. So I went that year and I started speaking at my schools in uh, 2012, 2013, 2014. I spoke for 300 hours, over 300 hours of just voluntary speaking, just to craft, my, take my mess and turn it into a message from death of loved ones to financial stuff to lessons I learned from Vector. And I just turned my mess into a message and I just shared that which turned into being Grab Tomorrow, Your Best Year Ever, and the other books that I put together uh, later on down the road. But I started going on the self-discovery journey and sharing that wisdom with other people. And then I figured at one point in time, it makes sense to get my office and team involved with doing something as a community. Uh, so one of my uh, reps were, they just broke up with their girlfriend and he was in a low and he's like, just so focused on self. And I said, let's go to off self and on purpose. What could we do? And from that concept of off self and on purpose, it came to feeding people. I said, let's enroll some people that make some sandwiches. Let's do it. And we, uh, we got like six or seven other Cutco guys. We raised up some donations from our Cutco customers. We made 350 sandwiches that, uh, that next month and they loved it. So they're like, let's do it again. So we did it the next month. We made like 500 sandwiches. And then um, now we're up to over 75, 77,000 sandwiches that we've made just one month at a time. And then it expanded from there. And it, the news picked it up. Fox or Channel 10 News or whatever picked up the story where we had press releases printed up in local newspapers and uh, been interviewed on podcasts. Uh, and it was, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I, this is not why I was doing this, but uh, you know, we'll talk about it. 
And uh, now it's expanded. We've had we've had many Cutco people and non-Cutco people pick it up out in. Uh, I know West Frank did one, and Jay Brad Britain did a frenzy, and uh, we've had several all across the country now. Uh, so we had to change the name from PB and J for Tampa Bay to PB and J for USA. <laughs> and, uh, it was really cool. So so that's expanded, and yeah, a and, lot and of you, and you should talk about it, Mike. Like that, you talking about it is not glorifying your own self but it, it exactly what you just said that Wes frank did it brad Britton did it like the more you talk about stuff like that the more other people hear oh man i could be doing stuff like that i could impact my community right you're inspiring others to do the same things so i'm glad to hear you promoting it and talking about it the fact that it got picked up on the news is awesome and uh it's just really cool to to see that you you know that you did that in your community yeah, and I got to thank Bobby Lewis for that. He he wrote a book called Finding Joy Beyond the Headlines. He was the news, newscaster that picked it up, and he's a USF grad. And he's like, I want to interview you. I want to be a part of it. And he wrote a book, and he put a chapter called Ambition. And that chapter is about me and about PB&J for Tampa Bay, which is really cool. And every time someone purchases that book and invests in that book, he donates four meals uh, to PB&J for Tampa Bay, which is really cool. So... So that's how that started. Grab Tomorrow came from a lot of this as well, which is I influence a lot of young people through Vector, but there's a lot of younger audience, uh, specifically like eighth grade through seniors in high school that could benefit from the concepts we teach at Cutco and Vector, but the, they're not qualified to be able to work with us. So I'll go teach them. I'll provide resources for them. And I've partnered up with many schools uh, in my area uh, that have invested in our books and have used them in, as a part of their curriculums for AVID or FBLA or wherever they see fit to help some of their students just get mentored by an outside leader in our, or in our community, which has been really powerful. And uh, it's been very rewarding there. And then I recently partnered with Better Than Rich as a strategist this year. That's new with uh, Andrew Biggs founded this company because he's been my life coach for, for three and a half years. And I'll go wherever that guy goes. And I wanted to support individuals more like the parents of these kids that I mentor because sometimes the kids, the kids are great and I love working with them, but it would also be very impactful for me to be able to share my message with the people that are leading their kids. Right. So, uh, so I partnered with him to be able to help those individuals find more uh, fulfillment and a lot of those uh, words that we, uh, we talked about before and those attributes. Yeah, that's great. I want to hear more, Mike. I want to hear more about Grab Tomorrow and some of the things that you are teaching and sharing with young people. So a lot of the concepts that we talk about is life outside the classroom. So that's my signature message. Life outside the classroom includes more of winning the inner game. Like I teach a lot of affirmations and incantations, as Tony Robbins says, that like self-talk. One of the um, concepts that I, I adopted is all I need is within me now. All I need is within me now. And I say that every time I go into a cold shower in the morning. So I do, I've been doing this cold shower kick for a couple of years, which is the most challenging part of my day. So that's why I like to do it as early as possible to get it over with. But all I need is within me now. And then there's uh, other incantations and other uh, stories to redefine our stories because I, I teach a lot of the young people that our thoughts are not our thoughts. Like we are not our thoughts. We have 50,000 thoughts that come through our mind every day, but that's not us. We are the observer of those thoughts. So we can actually influence them if we know how to. So like one of the concepts I'll teach is an incantation of, 
I, Mike Abramowitz, see, hear, feel, and know that I am, and using the word I am, I use my, my, my values, my core values of I am loving, I am caring, I am courageous, I am fun, I am free, I am abundant. And the purpose of my life is to educate, inspire, and be a force for good for myself and others. And I teach them the concept of a personal mission statement of like a concept that that you can align your values with, but also lead your life with. And it sounds really complex, but I teach it in a way that makes it simplified through question asking of what are the things you want and what do you want? Why do you want it? Who do you want to be? I ask them questions like, who are some mentors that you have in your life and role models? And what are the characteristics that they embody? Because you don't want to be Michael Jordan or you don't LeBron James. What are the characteristics that they embody? Because Mm -hmm. you can model those characteristics. You don't have to be that person, but you can model the characteristics. So we draw out some of the qualities of how to win the inner game of who do I need to become to achieve my goals? What are my goals? Why do I want those goals? And um, I I, I once spoke at a um, juvenile detention center and and shared a lot of these concepts with them. And I had a couple of the kids come up afterwards and uh, they're like, you know, why'd you come in to speak to us? You know? And I just explained to them the same way I just explained to you. It's like, where you are right now is not who you are. The decisions you made in the past is because of those thoughts that were going through your head. But you obviously are open to this message and receiving this message if you're still having this conversation with me. So you could choose a different path. And just like we could choose our new thoughts, we could choose our new decisions, we could choose a new path. So that's a lot of the principles, a lot of the concepts. And several of the books are stories. They're called Real Stories, Real People, uh, about people who have consciously made these choices to redirect their focus. I have one of the books called Stories of Weight Loss. I have another book of stories of strong, independent, single moms, because I got exposed to so many of these students that were raised by such brave, courageous women that I wanted to put that audience in the spotlight. They're stories of, of uh, overcoming death, not, not death of their own personal experience, but death of a loved one, uh, because this is one of those taboo topics that most people are uncomfortable or are, unequ- are not equipped on discussing. So I took a lot of these principles and these concepts and then put them into books and these tools and pretty much all the proceeds from any of those books end up going to feeding the homeless because uh, it's really just a branding tool. It's more of just getting the message out than to create profits. So pretty much every proceed, every dollar uh, that I make from all of those book sales go towards you know providing meals for PB&J for Tampa Bay. So it's been uh, it's been really rewarding and and satisfying that that personal passion project piece uh, for me during the last several years. Yeah, that's outstanding, Mike. You described the importance of affirmations, uh, incantations, you call them. And this is one of those topics that I, I don't think everyone really truly understands why it's so powerful or why it's so important. Affirmations, like back in the day when I was a you know young kid and we heard about affirmations, it it was a little bit more of a of a, a sort of strange type of topic, you know? Oh, it's still um, strange. It's still and, strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a little strange. But the idea is that we all need constant repetition of the most important ideas we are hearing in order for those ideas to become a part of who we are. In order for ideas to become internalized, we need a lot of repetition. And this is why like audio learning is so important because you're constantly listening to something while you're driving in your car or, you know, working out or whatever. This is why you don't just read a book once a year and feel like, Hey, I'm done for the year, right? 
Zig Ziglar used to always say that, you know, motivation, inspiration, self-development is like bathing. It's like you don't just do it once and it's over, right? It's a constant process, right? And affirmations enable us to do that if they're well-written, well-orchestrated. You could certainly learn a lot from Mike on that. If any of you want to learn more about affirmations as well, Hal Elrod has some great stuff on affirmations in the Miracle Morning, and he was also featured on this podcast. I like where you talked about modeling the characteristics of successful people, right? So, you know, a lot of times we'll look at somebody and we'll say, well, God, I want to be like them. And the next logical question to consider is, well, what about them do you want to be like? Because it might not be everything, right? And I think that we can pick and choose different characteristics from different people in our lives. And by piecing that together, we can kind of come up with the vision of who we want to be when we're, you know, fully actualized at our full, you know, potential, our full level of achievement that we can be, you know, what we can be doing in life. And so thinking about what are those characteristics of others and and being able to figure out what we want to model, that that was insightful as well. So, and just the idea that a lot of our success begins, you know, internally with uh, the way we think. A lot of people, again, they don't get that. And they, they, they look for just the activities, the actions, what are successful people doing, but until you model the belief systems of successful people, right? The in, internal dialogue that successful people have, that's where success really comes from. At least that's a foundation for it. Uh, that's really an important piece. So good stuff right there. Thank you. Yeah. What, uh, what other advice would you have for anyone who's listening to this podcast? I think it goes unspoken, but I'll speak about it anyway, which is be selfless, like be willing to give selflessly to other people, but not because you want everyone to know that you're giving selflessly. I think that it puts me in conflict, very similar to what we talked about before. It's like being interviewed and talking about feeding people, you know, because I want to, I want to talk about it to inspire others, but I don't want to do it for the spotlight. And it's almost like like a give. If I give, then I get something in return, like a give to get. It's more of like, just give to give because I would say two things. Number one, that one little give, it's not just a sandwich to that person when we give a sandwich. It's, it's hope. It's love. It's a feeling of being seen. And sometimes that's all it takes for that person to start becoming a more, a positive member of our society again, or a contributor to our society is just feeling seen. Uh, it could be something as giving a compliment or holding the door for someone. These random acts of kindness in the Jewish face, we, we used to call them mitzvahs when I was in, at my bar mitzvah, you know, like these random acts of kindness to just do because we're capable of doing them. And the second aspect of that is when we give, we activate oxytocin, uh, the chemical in our brain that says, hey, you're doing good. It's okay to feel good. And it almost gives us permission to feel good. And we feel good. We're showing up as the best version of ourselves. So I think the advice that I I would share, it's like I said, it's almost unspoken because it's understood, but just give, like seek ways. If you could seek out three to five times a day to just give a random compliment or do a random act of kindness or if you just did five things daily that are positive, first that are selfless, that are unspoken, that's over 1,800 activities that you'll do over the course of a year that are random, unspoken, feel-good acts. 
I just could only imagine what what our communities can look like if people adopted such a um, a simple yet profound philosophy. Yeah, such a great insight. And I I feel like if somebody's listening to this podcast, they probably are already pretty successful. They probably have a lot of good things happening in their life. And we are all very lucky. You know, like I think a lot of people, they, of course, if you become successful, you look at, you know, what did I do to get here? I worked hard. I did this. I did that. Right. And that's all true. You've worked hard. I've worked hard, but we have also been very lucky. We were lucky to have been born in the country we were born in. We were lucky to have been born to the parents that we had to have been in this community, to have found this job. Both of us got lucky to find this job, right? Both of us got lucky to have somebody coerce us to go see Tony Robbins. And that influenced me as much as it influenced you back when I was uh, 19 years old, when I went to UPW. We've been very lucky. And because of that, I feel like we have an, an obligation to pass along some of that good fortune to other people through our influence, through the ripple effect that we can create by, you know, doing 1800 random acts of kindness in a year, five a day, little things, holding a door, right? These little things add up, they impact other people. And, and what's also critical to, to promote here is that how we feel when we act that way, how we feel when we do that stuff, we internally feel better. And when you feel better, you're more motivated. When you feel better, you're more inspired. When you feel better, you're more on your A game and all the things that you do. And it just creates this upward spiral in somebody's way of being that will enable us all to be even more successful. So that was a really good point, Mike. I'm glad that you shared that. And I think that's somebody, something everybody can take home for sure. And, and to give without judgment, you know, oftentimes there's like, uh, do they deserve this? Do they deserve that? I, I worked for my stuff and there's this judgment on, on others that yes, there are stereotypes and yes, there are stigmas, but I think it's important to go to note it, to, just to note that regardless, just use that word, regardless of any of that, it doesn't matter. Like, still just do what you feel is right. And regardless of what is, you know, what, how they receive it, just do anyway. Just give anyway. You know, I, we're, I come in contact with so many knuckleheads that um, I just want to smack them or make, they make me want to punch myself in the face. But, you know, I, I still choose to give to the next person. I don't let, I don't. So essentially, what I'm trying to say is don't let that one. One knucklehead impede on the other 1,799 other opportunities that could be in front of you or those other, uh, other, those other people that we might be able to influence. I, I call it small actions daily. That's what I say to my team all the time. Hashtag sad, S-A-D. Hashtag sad, small action dailies. It's really, it's really sad. Just little small actions. And in the, the Grab Tomorrow books, I call them the, the five things daily. But you know, there's just something about the number five. Yeah. Well, and, and Mike, just as we've been lucky, uh, there are a lot of other people that haven't had that same luck. They haven't had the right mentor. They haven't had the right influence. And, and that's oftentimes how people end up in the situations that they're in. And so for us to give without judgment, to, to uh, give of ourselves to others, uh, it's such an insightful and inspiring philosophy. And I hope more people can adopt that. So, Listen, I know a lot of people would love to be able to uh, follow you and learn from you directly. 
just to wrap this up, I would love for you to share, you know, as you look into your future, how you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence and, and how can people continue to learn from you if they'd like to. So, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share that. I would love to stay in touch. You know, there's several resources that are available to whoever would be, uh, would like them. Most of them are for free. Uh, I have on, if they text the word grab, G-R-A-B, to the number 66866, if they just text grab to 66866, uh, they will um, join my email list and I have, they'll get into like a weekly email where they'll get uh, copies of my books emailed to them, the ebooks. They'll get um, just journal activities and they'll have access there. I have another one which is called uh, www.staymotivatedguide.com. And that's a resource that has helped me a ton. Uh, and has helped a lot of other people with, through the act of journaling and understanding our thoughts at a deeper level. Uh, so that's a, that's a free plus shipping uh, offer that I have there. So also in grabtomorrow.org, there's lots of resources on there. I have a whole blog that's going on grabtomorrow.org. And then with betterthanrich.com, if this is more of a parent listening to a kid, there's tremendous resources on understanding and aligning with the inner game on betterthanrich.com. There's even a free course that we have on that. It's a three-day plus one bonus day course on betterthanrich.com. So uh, grab to 66866, staymotivatedguy.com, betterthanrich.com, grabtomorrow.org. Those are a couple of the spots that they can get their resources. Plus I'm on YouTube, Instagram as well. Awesome, Mike. Well, I should add for our audience that uh, in addition to all the amazing accolades that Mike has achieved in his Vector Cutco career, he has also been the recipient of the Sir Lancelot Award for Leadership, as well as the Triple Crown of Service Award, which is named after Marty Dimitrovich, who was a person who embodied all of the amazing qualities that we've talked about today in terms of selfless giving, you know, being somebody that uplifts others, all of the great things that we've discussed, like Marty the sort of like the signature person in the history of our company that that embodied those things that many of us have aspired to be like. And Mike received the great honor of winning this corporate award that's named after him that is one of the most prestigious things that we give out in Vector. Uh, there are awards for selling more than everybody else, silver cups, and those are great. But I'll tell you right now, you talk to almost anybody in Vector, they'd rather have one of those Marty D things on their wall than any silver cup. And so uh, you have been an amazing influence on people, Mike. It's great to have seen it, your success. Uh, congratulations on your amazing 2019. And uh, here's to an even greater 2020. And thanks so much for making time for the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It was all mine. Awesome. That was Mike Abramowitz, everyone. Uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. Awesome stuff in there with uh, starting out with Mike sharing what he learned from his original Cutco manager that you can either back away or you can find a way. The idea that challenges will arise for every single one of us in our lives and that the reality is by finding a way, by tackling those challenges, we are preparing ourselves for the next and greater challenges that will come along. If you're a young person listening to this conversation, most of the challenges that people face when they're you know, 18, 20, 25 years old They seem big at the time, but believe me, when you're 40 or 50, you're going to look back on those things and realize, you know, those weren't big challenges at all. 
life gets only harder as you progress. And the importance of taking on challenges specifically for the purpose of preparing ourselves for the bigger things in life. That is a, a key idea, becoming anti-fragile, as Mike shared, or developing what he described from his mentor, Matt King, as internal strength. Uh, that was really, really insightful. I also like where he said the idea of taking your mess and turn it into your message. So your mess is all of these challenges you're facing, all these things you're overcoming, the ups and downs of life. This becomes a message for anyone to share with the world about how you did it. And that, that is what turns people into inspiring individuals in the world is how, how do you take that mess and turn it into a message that can, that you can share with other people and being authentic about your challenges, your authenticity in sharing yourself and sharing your challenges. That is what aid other people in their transformation as they come through their own challenges as well. And I always appreciate those people who are willing to be really authentic about the challenges and obstacles that they're experiencing in their life. And we always try to draw those out uh, in these podcast interviews. Uh, Mike said, it's not about me, it's about we. That distinction led him to really uh, giving of himself selflessly. Uh, I love the concept of small actions daily. There are so many little things that we can get in a habit of doing that just are little ways of improving the world around us, little ways of adding value to the world around us that contribute and make the world a better place for everyone and that also make us feel better as we are venturing through our daily experiences. Mike is clearly a great leader in the Cutco Vector Marketing organization. Well, what I hope you got a sense of from today, though, is that he's an even better human. And this is something I think we can all aspire to in our lives. I'll leave you with that challenge for today. And I hope that uh, you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.